Whether a date night or family holiday outing, Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights is the perfect way to experience the magic of the holidays. The half-mile walk through Vienna's enchanting Meadowlark Botanical Gardens features lighted nature themes and sparkling displays. Get your tickets now at winterwalkoflights.com. Extend your holiday season and beat the rush with a weeknight visit in November or early December. Plan your visit and buy tickets at winterwalkoflights.com. That's winterwalkoflights.com. Hello, Little Woman fans. Today's comment shout-out goes to Fiction Adventurer. I love their analysis on the Under the Umbrella chapter. Quote, Since it's been a long while since I read the book, and I've seen several adaptations since then, I put up a chapter in the book to refresh myself a bit. Of course, it is Under the Umbrella. The entire process of Joe falling in love with Fritz is so charming and funny. She's trying desperately not to because she has made such a fuss about being independent while actually dressing up for him and meeting him for long walks. And it's just because we happen to be outside at the same time. Don't be ridiculous. It's so cute that they bond by going shopping together and that Joe wants to impress him by how efficiently she does it. When it's the last time a rom-com had the couple shopping together for practical things. But this right here is wonderful and is exactly the way that Joe March's proposal should go. Quote, if he had not loved Joe very much, I don't think he could have done it then. For she looked far from lovely with her skirts in a deplorable state, her rubber boots splashed to the ankle and her bonnet a ruin. Fortunately, Mr. Bear considered her the most beautiful woman living, and she found him more jove-like than ever, though his hat-brim was quite limp, with the little reels trickling hands upon his shoulders, for he held the umbrella all over Joe, and every finger of his gloves needed mending. That's exquisite. We get ordinary reality contrasted with high romance, but it's all those ordinary imperfect details that make it a high romance. They don't need bright blue skies and perfect beauty to have the perfect proposal. They love each other, even when they are tattered and ragged and standing in the mud. I can't think of a better way for them to start their road to marriage. End quote. In the last episode, Jen and I began the discussion of her book series, Marchester Sweet Romance, which brings the story of Little Woman to the modern day, and the book that we are discussing now is Subscribing to the Enemy, which tells the modern day story of Joe and Friedrich, who in Jen's version are Rick and Joanna. I have read a few modern day Little Woman spin-offs, but to be honest, I didn't really care about them, because I often felt that they tried to turn the characters to something that they are not, or they are too influenced by the movies. Jen's series was a pleasant surprise because as a big fan of the original novel, I could read it and go, Hey, I know that scene. I know where it comes from. And if you're a fan of the original Little Woman and are interested to read a modern day retelling, I can highly recommend this book series. I will put a link to the show notes if some of you would like to read them and get them to yourself. During this interview, I actually broke my microphone, so I had to re-record some of my parts. And uh, this podcast is now on TikTok as well. TikTok is a bit tricky for me because they only promote your content locally. So they only promote my podcast to the Finnish listeners. And it's a problem because most of my content is in English. So if you want to help me to make the podcast more international, the name on TikTok is Little Woman Channel as well. 
And now to our today's episode. This is Small Umbrella in the Rain, Little Woman podcast, Marchester Sweet Romance series with author Jen Brady. Usually it seems like the movies do way more the first half, the little women half of the novel. They don't center very much around the second half. Actually, it was its own book. Yeah. Good Wives was its own book. It'd be interesting if they did a, a Little Women movie that was just like half an hour of the first and an hour and a half of the second part. Because it always seems like they do three-fourths is Little Women and then they rush through the Good Wives part. So we don't get all the arcs and we don't get to really fall in love with the couples the way they're supposed to to be. Um, so I think that would be interesting. I'd like to see that adaptation. That's a good point. Mm. There's not a lot of growth you can do in a year, but 30 plus, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I really wish, I wish people would do either like a long miniseries, like a, like a classic, they should do a classic 80s centennial roots north and south multi-day event (laughs) with little women and really dig into that second half because there is a lot of good stuff there the the tomboy girl and the one of the things that I had to change that I could not really figure a way around and I tried so hard to bring in the Joe and Friedrich age gap but every time I would ask any expert in young adult romance they said they cautioned me against doing an age gap especially for a book one of a series age gap romances are are quite common trope in adult romance but for young adult that's one of the major no-nos so I couldn't do the age gap between them. I'm not really sure how to describe what I did. I tried to make them coming from like different parts of life, like different times of their life. He is in college and she is in high school, but they're only separated by like a year or two because he has skipped grades and he's very intelligent and um I had to make them coming from different parts of life but the same parts of life he is in college but he is living with his parents and kind of at the same same part of life as she is but also has a more mature view of things he is super into this filmmaking thing wants to do that but his dad, who is the studious professor type, is not really supportive of that. And so he's trying to enter this movie contest to, you know, show his dad that this is a viable career. It's not just a silly hobby. And that's where he ends up meeting Joe. And they end up having to work together because they both are having these technical difficulties and they can't make their own creations so they have to collaborate with each other and it's 
they both kind of know already who each other is from their portrayals on their individual channels, <clears throat> but they end up learning more about who each other is. And I, I really like him. I think he is, he's funny and sweet and he really kind of can get past some of her defenses and really see who she is instead of who she is portraying herself as. I think there's a part in, in mine where they're just, again, we're kind of totally spoiler alerting the book, but if you've read Little Women, you pretty much have spoilers for all of my books in this series. Anyway, there's a part where they're starting to get together romantically and she's kind of having a, a conflict within herself because she has always portrayed herself as independent and I don't need a guy and dating in high school is just silly and stupid and I would never do it and here she is falling in love with him and he tells her you know it's okay to change your mind you don't have to stick to what you've been saying you can you can change and you can grow and you can change your mind basically It's like, don't care what he thinks, Joe. Yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah, she's like all worried about this. And they're all kind of like hoping that those two are going to end up together. Yeah, Lori and Amy. I love the part near the very end where Lori and Amy are like kind of having a little party <laughs> to themselves. Yay, they're getting together. And, and we like this guy. And they're wishing that they could somehow like anonymously give him a bunch of money so they, they could travel the world and I think they really wanted them to get together yeah I read somewhere and I I don't know if this is true or not or if this was misinformation when I try to google it again I can't find this information but the age gap between Meg and John I thought he was younger than than he was when I read this this article or whatever it was saying he's like 30 years old or something and if she's 17 when they meet that's a age gap and no one ever says anything about that but it's Joe and Friedrich they make the big deal of the age gap I don't know she was interested in people who are a lot older than she was I could see that I kind of had to break up the Friedrich there's a lot of Friedrich's character in Rick and then there's also someone his dad who is the actual immigrant the backstory was that his mom was an exchange student over in Germany and met him and then later he came over to America to be with her and they had Rick and his sister so there is a little bit about being a second generation immigrant in that but it's not a huge focus, but it was kind of interesting. I have a friend who is doing his master's in German studies and has been to Germany a couple times and lived there for like a year. So I wrote to him and I'm like, help, what would the, what would the German family be doing for Christmas and New Year's? And so he gave me some ideas and 
the good wives shaft, I guess. Not not delving into good wives very much when you have an adaptation, which I do wish we could get that days long mini series so that we could dive into good wives because there's a lot of good stuff in it. Thanks. One of the things that I loved in your book, and I thought it was very clever, it has this moment when Teddy declares his love on the internet, and all these Teddy and Joan shippers go crazy. It is a perfect parallel to the way Joan and Laurie shippers act in real life. And I think it shows how there is almost like a group pressure to ship Joan and Laurie. One of my friends pointed out that Joan and Laurie fans love the 2019 film because they think they have won because Joe wants Laurie back in that version, and that is not in the book. Why is that in the film? These shipping wars, they have been going on since the 19th century. When I started to do this research on Louisa May Alcott and the real-life Laurie's, a lot of things started to make sense, especially why Joe dumps him. What was the atmosphere in the 19th century? In the book, Laurie threatens to hurt himself if Joe doesn't marry him. It's really disturbing now for us, and back then it was considered very romantic. I find it so disturbing that our culture still now romanticizes that type of behavior. When I read those parts as a kid, it went over my head. I didn't get it. But now, yeah, it is disturbing. It's not a healthy way of dealing with things or a very healthy thing to say. It is disturbing. Isn't that, wasn't that, I think it was your podcast and your research on her other books. Doesn't she have other books that the guy reacts that way to? Yeah, in, in Rose in Bloom, the, the Charlie, who is sort of the Laurie archetype, or a bit similar mm-hmm. to his character, he sort of expects Rose to do everything that he wants and he sort of when when she rejects him he gets into this sort of um, maybe you could call it depression sort of becomes alcoholic and he drinks and he spends his money and he doesn't take rejection very well it's not really a job for the female protagonist to raise him it's interesting that you said back in their time that was considered like a romantic reaction because now yeah like you said just disturbing it is very disturbing it's very manipulative because you wouldn't want person you cared about to hurt themselves so melody in the in the facebook group i think she pointed this out how in in a lot of films these days you see guy being manipulative and threatening to hurt themselves if the female is going to reject them and then it's interesting how our culture romanticizes stuff like that. I can understand if it was a thing for the Victorians, they should be smarter now. Yeah, I would hope that our our views on mental health have done better now than back in the 1800s, but maybe not. <laughs> it's interesting how people still are like, Joe and Laurie are perfect couple, but then if we would actually see him trying to threatening Joe when he proposes, maybe there would be a lot less Joe and Laurie shippers. Well, and I think also we romanticize the whole wanting to change for someone. And he's always like, mm-hmm. oh, Joe, I would be exactly how you want me to be. I would change for you. I would be perfect. And I, I think a lot of people think that that is a romantic gesture, but you shouldn't have to change if someone really loves you. I mean, yeah. Change your bad habits or whatever. Um, be more conscientious of, of certain things. But you shouldn't change who you are for a relationship. That's just asking for trouble. That's down the 
down the mm -hmm. road and that part always kind of bothered me too that he was just going to change for her and be what she wants and but you know he really wouldn't yeah and i think joe probably brought the worst things out of him and he from her like i always think that scene where Laurie's like oh i want to move to italy and he's like 15 years old and joey's like no just take one of your boats and sail there and then maggie's like no your, your grandfather is going to miss you we all have that one friend that yeah you know you get in trouble with and mm. i think joe and laurie were that one friend you get carried away with and you kind of need the meg on the periphery to kind of bring you back to reality yeah i didn't really like meg that much when I was younger, but now she's one of my favorite characters. It's the same for me. I didn't really think one way or another about her. She was just the older sister that got married. And the older I get, the more I really like Meg. And I like in Good Wives, they have a couple of chapters about Meg and John being married and kids and parenting and John inviting us co-worker home for dinner and not telling her and a little married kind of the concessions you make for each other and the compromising and having to think of the other person I thought that I think that's interesting and I think that I probably didn't really I didn't remember those parts when I was rereading it as a kid I probably just skimmed through or didn't make it that far because it's such a big book and you're a little kid yeah. reading have you read any other Louisa May Alcott novels besides Little Woman? I have read Little Men. Um, a long, long, long time ago, I read Eight Cousins, but I don't remember much about it. I was a kid, and the reason I wanted to read it, there were two reasons. One was because I myself had eight cousins, and I thought <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> also, it was Louisa May Alcott. So I know I've read that. I should read it again because I don't remember much about it. And I did read part of Joe's Boys while I was doing my research for this series, but then I had to stop because I just had to start writing instead yeah. of reading. But so I did read part of that and I want to go back to that after I have another series partly written and out. Awesome. Exciting. Here's a question for you. What are one thing or a couple things that you wish would make it into the adaptations because i tried to put some more obscure things in that maybe the casual little women fan won't even realize is something that's adapted but people like you and my friend mavia and melody and ali from the facebook group will recognize right away one of the things that i would definitely add is the way that joe herself condemns sensational writing in the novel, because that always bothers me in the in the adaptations, how she comes out someone who doesn't really care about her writings when they kind of portray herself as somebody who just writes trash, like she calls it in the novel, and she doesn't really like writing trash. And I think that is a disservice to Joe's character and to Friedrich's character as well. I would add that into all adaptations. The only time I think they did that was the miniseries. There's a PBS miniseries. I think she talks about how she does it to pay the bills or something. Yeah. I think that they did pretty well in the, in the modern adaptation again. But I think in that one, Joe 
she didn't shout at Fritz because of the of the writing. She actually took all the advices that he gave to her. Mm. Really liked that. Then she got scared when they got very close. That was a subtle difference, but also in the normal show was just crazy about Friedrich. And uh, I would definitely add the scene of Laurie being in Austria, composing that opera for Joe. And all the things that comes to his mind about Joe are the most unflattering things. Oh, yeah. But it's so important scene because he thinks himself as this ultimate romantic hero. And when Joe doesn't fit into his fantasy, he creates this phantom woman who does look a bit like Amy. And then he slowly realizes that Amy is a real deal. And then he actually snaps out from those fantasies and decides to go to work for Amy. Yeah, I liked that part too. He's trying to write Joe as the the hero of his story and all he can think of is like the negative things yeah. about her. But Amy keeps coming to his mind or a character like Amy and yeah. Whether a date night or family holiday outing, Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights is the perfect way to experience the magic of the holidays. The half-mile walk through Vienna's enchanting Meadowlark Botanical Gardens features lighted nature themes and sparkling displays. Get your tickets now at winterwalkoflights.com. Extend your holiday season and beat the rush with a weeknight visit in November or early December. Plan your visit and buy tickets at winterwalkoflights.com. That's winterwalkoflights.com. We made USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at USAA.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply. I like that part in the book. Yeah, and it also shows how much he, he, he grows out of that idea that he is this sort of romantic hero when he's actually being quite abusive. It would be nice to see that in a film. One thing that I had fun adapting was in the Amy book, I put in the art fair. I kind of adapted that, what that would look like in 2021. And because that I thought showed a lot of Amy's character and how she was growing up. And even before she goes off to Paris and, and really grows up and she and Lori, the best in each other, that art fair well, I don't know what I called it the art fair. I don't know what it is actually called in the, the original, but it's where they all have the booths. And yeah. she really showed how she was maturing and diplomatically handy, handling situations. And I always liked that part. And so I wanted to, to put that in there somewhere. Very exciting. <laughs> I published this one a year ago. It was November 2020. I should have reread it. But I don't like rereading my own books because I always find things I want to fix. But that happens to everyone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think you could always revise and revise and revise and Mm -hmm. revise and come up with better word choices. But at some point, you just have to say, this is my story. It's good enough. Put it out there. Well, Um, I thought that was brilliant because that's the feeling that I always get when I read Little Woman. That even though Joe and Laurie are the same age... He always had this feeling that he was somehow younger or more immature. You know, it takes some time for Laurie to get into that level. And somebody left a comment on me, I think it was on Instagram, that if Joe and Laurie would have got together, Laurie would have needed some major growing. 
and yeah. it wouldn't have worked because Joe never found Laurie attractive in the first place. I like the couples that, that Louise and May Alcott went with. <laughs> They're just so perfect for each other. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I think it was a, he thought he was in love with her because if he was in love with her, he could have what he wanted, which was basically, you know, a partner and a family and to belong. And I think he was, he was young and confusing his feelings for wanting a family with being in love with her, whereas they were just really, really good friends. But then Joe, she, she kind of has this pretty clear idea what she wants do and she's in her early 20s but Laurie doesn't have no idea no <laughs> yeah I can't wait for you to read the rest of them I want to hear your opinions and yeah. don't be nervous if you don't like something that's totally fine <laughs> no I think you're gonna like the way I I did it so I, I, I think I will I mean I love the book Laurie because I can really relate to that because I was a, very much the same when I was younger but then I think nowadays I would like to rather be more like Fritz, more mature and taking things a bit more seriously. It's funny because I was never a Joe and Laurie fan or Joe and Laurie shipper, but when I was a kid, my favorite characters were Bet and Laurie, and I was low-key shipping them. But then I was always a big fan of Joe and Friedrich, and when I started to do this podcast and did more research, I just became a more bigger Joe and Fritz fan. I didn't thought that would be possible, but it happened. Yeah, but you do a lot of research. I do. It's a. Uh, it's. <laughs> I've fun. learned a lot from your podcast. <laughs> I love the part in your book when Rick was following internet exploding when Ted was making the love confession for Joanna, and then Rick got jealous. It was quite similar to the novel when Fritz thinks that. Joe and Laurie are engaged, and he only finds out that Amy and Laurie are married when he comes to Concord. I always feel really bad for Fritz when Joe leaves from New York because he is poor and he's comparing himself to Laurie. And it's sad because he's so madly in love with her. It is interesting. He thinks he's not good enough for her, whereas he is exactly what she has needed in a partner and wants. Yeah, I know that part in the book. I'm always like, no, don't walk away. Friedrich is the least selfish person in the novel, maybe after Beth. He's going to conquer to tell Joe how he feels. And then even if she wants to be with Laurie, he sort of mentally prepared himself for that. It's really, really sad, actually. I he is him. a really good person and a, and a non-selfish person. He's raising his nephews and I don't know. He's just a good guy. I like him. Yeah. <laughs> I've always liked him. Same. Yeah, I, I really like that in your book when you have this sort of same premise how Rick is very sort of uncertain about himself and lot, and compares himself to Teddy. We just talk about Meg and how we didn't really relate to her when we were kids. But I think, you know, when I la- later read Little Woman as an adult, I think that part about the Vanity Fair, it really hit me like this experience that you have with wanting to fit into the in crowd and then almost like losing yourself in the process trying to please other people. You can see that in the 1994 film, but not so much in the other adaptations, but it's such a good glimpse to Meg's uh, character. And I can now see why I didn't relate to that when I was a child, because I didn't have 
kind of experience. Yeah, that whole part, I just read it as a child, like, oh, this is a fun thing she gets to go do, and there's a party, and you dress up, and oh, some girl let her wear her her outfit, and to me, it was like this great big Halloween costume party when I was a kid, and then, yeah, reading it as an adult, it's like, ooh. It kind of shows the loss of identity or sort of, yeah, you know, Mick really feels divided what's going on. She doesn't really recognize herself. She doesn't want to fit in with the girls, but it doesn't. So yeah, it is. she's very conflicted internally at what's going on and how she's kind of letting herself be led by them and dressed up by them and part of her wants to. And the other part of her is going, wait a minute, this, this isn't me. This isn't how I was brought up this isn't how I want to be portrayed but it's also kind of fun to be in the spotlight I mean there's nothing wrong with that Uh, I think it also shows how there was a lot of expectations for Meg that she would marry a rich man and then it kind of shows her shared values with John when she actually realizes that maybe this is not the life that I want for myself but that's also why she's very hurt when she hears about this rumor that she and Laurie are an item. And I think Meg more saw Laurie as sort of an annoying little brother, sometimes annoying little brother. Yeah. I chose this conflict within her, but also how at the same time she, she did have a crush on John and he was very poor and she knew that her you know, her aunt, and then these girls, they would all expect her to marry someone else. Yeah, I also think that she, what she, one of the things she didn't like about those rumors were that the people telling the rumors kind of made it out to be like her mom was trying to set something up with the Lawrences. Like, oh, that's why they're being, being friends with them to marry off Meg. I think Meg was kind of offended that people would think that about her mom because her parents, just like um, the real life Alcott's, were very progressive in in that sense that they didn't want their girls to marry for the normal reasons that people were marrying at that time. And they never would have been the kind of parents who did try to do that. And then that's the rumor that's floating around that went totally contrary to how they they viewed marriage and marriage for their their kids. I just talked about this with somebody. When Laurie proposed Joe, Joe knew that there were lots of expectations that she would marry him because they were friends and because he was rich. Yeah, there was a lot of different expectations. And it, it was very interesting to me that they, that the family, the March family and the Alcott family were kind of some of the few that, that didn't kind of follow those expectations. And I almost kind of wonder, like now we're all about, yeah, marry for love, don't marry for convenience or money or whatever. And I kind of wonder how that those ideas were received by the readers of those times. Yeah, maybe it's just like we talk about um, that in the 19th century, people were really expecting Joe to marry Laurie. And one of the reasons was because he was rich and they didn't care that she wasn't in love with them. Right. 
that could be where that all started where the shipping started was the conventions of the times maybe yeah it wasn't really very conventional love interest because it was this German immigrant and there was lots of discrimination for the German immigrants at the time of course and then Louisa Mayakov was a Germanophile and really being poor and then being like in his late 30s which is actually not very old from our modern standards it's funny it's another thing that changes when you read it as an adult it's like wait he's not old at all why did I think he was so old when I was reading this as a teenager yeah I was a bit older when I read good Wife, so maybe that's why the age difference didn't bother me but it was so strange when I got into like online little woman circles and it's so strange to me how everyone were like Oh, he's so old. And I'm like, it says right here in the book that he was barely 14. <laughs> and that's 17-year-old me. I really like this part in your book when Rick and Joanna, they start to work together as a team. And they work very well together. And I just think because I just uh, reread Little Men again. And it's almost like they go to business together because they start the school. So they need to have this very open communication I and I just talk about this with one of my friends that maybe you know from all the couples in Little Woman they actually thought that Girl Frit would have the best communication of all all couples yeah I can see that and maybe it is because we see so much of them in Little Men and Joe's boys they do seem like like a really good couple as lovers friends business partners they both are very honest I think with their feelings especially with each other Judy was boring hello then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com it's my little escape now Judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy Judy The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, I think that helps. They are. They're just a good team. I don't think people really understand how important it is that couple couples have a little man... You can see how much they both value education and also that they have these sort of ideas, very similar ideas, how to raise their children. Uh, they don't want to use physical punishments. It's really interesting. And the same with Amy and Lori. They like the same things. And they like, you know, Amy and Lori are more of the let's go out to a fancy party and let's fund some kind of a museum or whatever. And they both like the fancy things in the museums and the that kind of life. And Joe and Friedrich, yeah, like you said, they're both into literature and language and learning and, yeah, raising all those kids. <laughs> A lot of those boys either were orphans themselves or didn't have very good opportunities or had broken families, and they took them in and kind of shaped their childhoods, really. I really need to go in and finish reading Joe's Boys. Now I want to read that instead of what I'm supposed to be reading. Yeah, there was one more thing I was thinking about. Uh, like you, you talk about the the art fair in the in your book, and then in Little Woman, and then also you know the Meg going to Vanity Fair. I was just chatting with somebody that Joe doesn't really have that many 
or maybe not at all female friends in the actual novel, but Meg and Amy do. Joe doesn't. That's true. Hmm. I never thought about that. Her sisters, but not really female friends outside of the family. Hmm. That's a good point. My friend pointed this out, that it's interesting how a lot of people seem to think that Joe is an ultimate feminist when there are lots of times in the novel when she doesn't seem to really like other women. But then I think she's more feminist in Joe's voice. It's very gradual process that she grows understanding, you know, the woman's struggle. I kind of saw Amy more as a feminist because she wants to help female students and wants to make her female guests feel comfortable when they come to her her picnic and so on. First, Laurie is Joe's best friend, and then she falls in love with Friedrich, and he becomes her best friend. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but I think right. it's interesting. It's just interesting, yeah. I guess she kind of pours herself into her school and her relationships with the kids and her family, yeah. which is interesting yeah. <laughs> for the independent one. Louisa Mayalco, she had lots of sort of boyfriends, Mm-hmm. Friends who were boys when she grew up, and then there were all these young boys she likes to hang out with, and then her falling in love with her older male friends. I haven't really seen her having that many female friends either when she was younger. But I think yeah, you know, this is true. there were lots of women who she admired, but I don't really see her, haven't really read anything about her. I wish that she had very close female friends. But maybe, you know, when you have these very close relationships with your sisters, you don't really, maybe you don't need female friends outside that. Yeah, maybe. I don't have any sisters. I just have a brother. So I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) That's an interesting, that's a really interesting observation by your friend. Yeah. And like, Joe starts a school for boys and people are like, why she starts a school for boys if she's a feminist? Like, right. Well, Joe always loved boys, but then she always also she was always a very maternal character. There's a couple girls who are in her school, but it was almost kind of like a eh, okay, they can come to you. That's not not really yeah. a conscious. Oh, let's have boys and girls. It was yeah, boy focused, and then I'll let these other girls come. In Joe's boys, they are expanding the campus and they have more female students there and there's okay. this really interesting scene where Joe sees these male uh, students sort of flirting with the female students or being a bit inappropriate and then Joe gets mad and you can kind of see this connection bit her, between her relationship with Laurie. Yeah I'm looking forward to, to reading it. Yeah. I also thought it was kind of funny in Little Men how Laurie would swoop in and be the fun uncle. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> he he has matured, and we saw him mature, but at heart, he's still just the, let's do something silly. In the entire book series, I think in every single one, every single book, there's a scene where Laurie is like, thank you, Cho, for being my, being the person who raised me. I would have been yeah. lost without you. Yeah, I always liked those parts that are kind of sweet. <laughs> yeah. But you can see how Joe really always had that maternal side of her. But then Louisa Malco, as a nurse, and she was a very maternal person. So, of course, Joe is like that as well. 
in your version, Joe sees herself as somebody who has rather unusual interests, but then she also compares herself to her sisters who are more conventional. There was a little bit of that dynamic. And I wonder, I can't even, I can't really think of in the original if she really cared. I don't think she really cared and compared herself. But yeah, in mine, I did do a little bit of the comparison of the sisters. And because I think that's pretty normal to compare yourself to your sisters. In the novel, Joe feels that her sisters get things easier because they are more feminine and conventional. And it's understandable because during that time period, when you were more feminine, you were just being this sort of a tomboy, uh, you know, you might get things easier. Or people would have different reactions towards you. Yeah, you're you saying that reminded me. She makes a comment about Amy. Amy never has to to struggle. Or, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, um, maybe that's just your perspective, Joe. But mm. she, yeah, I re- I do remember that now. She does compare herself with Amy sometimes. I think in the Vanity Fair chapter, Joe was like, I would never go into this type of ball thing. She um sees herself above that. Maybe she's also afraid that she will be judged if she goes there. I don't really read lots of young adult novels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Turn and Frederick love story into this genre. Well, I knew I wanted to write a young adult sweet romance series. So I just kind of had to take things and make them fit. <laughs> uh, I liked the idea of kind of the creatives bouncing ideas off of each other and kind of working together even if they don't think they want to work together in the beginning I guess it kind of goes back to I saw them as as good partners like we talked about um, the original they just had to figure out that they they would be good partners for each other and I think they do come to respect each other and um, work well together. But I do like their little banters in the beginning when they're not quite sure of the other person. In the in the original book, they have lots of fears that they are going to be rejected by the other person. Friedrich feels that he's not good enough for Joe, and then Joe fears, Joe fears that she's not lovable enough for him. Endearing dynamics that they have. Well, you had that in your book as well, how yeah. there was a fear of rejection. I think that's pretty universal over genres mm-hmm. and, and times. Like who who hasn't felt fear of rejection at some right. point? So tell me, Chen, where we can find your books. Well, they're on Amazon, the ebook version and the paperback versions. Um, you can just look up March Sisters Sweet Romance or Jen Brady. Um, or you can check out my website. It's authorjenbrady.com. And there's info on there, too. Awesome. And I'm very excited to hear what you think about the rest of the book. So you'll have to let me know when you're done. I am very excited to read them. <laughs> I just want to say I really do enjoy all your podcasts and you. all the information that I have learned about little women from you. Oh, so, I was really glad to find your group and I think Melody actually yeah Melody had written to me 
I think it was the first one had come out, my first book, and she does Goodreads, and I had never done Goodreads before, and she messaged me saying, oh, I really like your book, but it doesn't have the page number on it, and or the pages, the page count. And I guess on Goodreads, something happens with, you can do a challenge where you read so many pages. So I went in and figured out how to put that on the the Goodreads site so people could get credit for their pages. And we kind of struck up a conversation and she's like, oh, you have to join this group. It's so good. So that's how I found out about your podcast. That is so amazing. Melody runs the Little Woman Book Club on Facebook. And she's super nice. But I am no longer on Facebook. But but if you are, it's a good group. Well, that's a perfect time to wrap up because my husband just came home. I will contact you again when I have read the rest of the books in Marchister. Marchister Sweet Romance Saga. Okay. Right. I hope you really like them. I really want to make more episodes about Meg and Beth as well. And it's so nice that you have covered all the four sisters in your novels. They will be nice topics for us to chat about. Well, it's the next book, so... Yeah, I look forward to read it. Well, thanks for having me on. It was great to have you here. That was the chat between me and Jen. Take care and make good choices. Bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.